0: Go to Shopify.com slash Audio Boom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Audio Boom.
1: The Team Never Quit podcast is sponsored by Navy Federal Credit Union. Navy Federal Credit Union's cash rewards card helps you slay this season. Learn more at NavyFederal.org.
2: So buckle up, Buttercup.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. Marcus, Melanie, how are you guys? Good. Are you guys ready for Thanksgiving? Yeah. Ah, oh,
2: so ready.
3: Thanksgiving well. is our biggest family holiday. Yeah, that's So one. we have over 70 family members come into town. Um, and we all meet up at the Lazy J, and we have it's a whole week. Wow, this craziest it's not just thing you ever seen your
2: entire life. Helicopters flying around—it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, it's great, man.
3: We Thanksgiving is my favorite time of year because everyone. Halloween gets kicks it
2: off, right? That's kind of the start date, and then we roll into all the holidays. And this is this is a good one.
3: He likes the Halloween. I the whole time. Christmas of is my favorite. I, um, yeah. I'm planning like I have a spreadsheet that I start in July. For the Thanksgiving, like things that we're gonna do every day, because we're there for a full ten days at the ranch. It's like a whole, it's a big deal.
2: It's a, it's an operation for sure. Yeah. Well, before
1: we get to the Patreon question of the day, what about your favorite Thanksgiving food?
3: Oh, green bean casserole and sweet potato casserole.
2: Oof, for green sure. bean casserole. She makes this sweet potato crunch.
3: Yeah, sweet potato casserole. Yeah.
2: But it's got some crunch. It's you know a, what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> got a
3: crunch topping. It's got yeah. a pecan and brown It's a race for that. That, that sugar thing always goes pretty That quick. is so freaking good.
2: Yeah, that, that thing goes fast.
3: Mm-hmm. I might share it on the Patreon
2: Ooh, site. That'd for be a, awesome. Yeah, for our Patreon. Movie. I mean, that disc goes quick. Yeah, There's usually four or five of them. Actually, we don't have enough every year. We keep
3: And I always make Paula Deen's ooey, gooey pumpkin butter cake. And that goes so quick. That's, that goes over. Nobody wants the peca- uh, pumpkin pie. They want the Paula ooey-gooey pumpkin Ooh. butter cake. It's really good.
4: I love Thanksgiving that's food. That woman can cook. Chris, yeah. what about you? you have a favorite Thanksgiving food? Yeah, it's probably a sweet potato casserole. We always add a little bourbon to it. <laughs>
2: yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's There's fitting. always bourbon flowing around on
4: holidays. <laughs> yeah. I always get picked to to make it every year, so my mother-in-law says uh, that's my that's my that's my chore.
3: Mm, nice. Do you add marshmallows?
4: Yeah, we, we do the crunchy top, and then add the marshmallows on top of the crunchy.
3: Yeah, so, yeah. I do that too.
2: Mm. That's what put, that's the thing that puts me in that food coma. Right? I'm so hungry. Before you're watching a football <laughs> game, and you wake up during a football game, and go back and eat. Oh, uh, yes.
3: Marcus's mom makes homemade rolls, yeast rolls that are so freaking good.
2: You can knock somebody out with them. They're so thick. <laughs> <laughs> and they break down into three, three pieces. I mean, it's a time of year. Like, every t- throughout the seasons, there's certain foods that we cook and that we don't. And it, that's why it's like a gift every time the season rolls around because you know you're getting those. And when mom starts doing the, the breaking the, the bread, man, mm-hmm. stand by. It Everyone our, comes in for that. Yeah. Plus, she makes them into cinnamon rolls. That's the best part. Yeah. She makes cinnamon rolls. She saturates those suckers with raisins rolls. and cinnamon rolls, uh, that
1: glaze. Oh. Do you have any like specific Thanksgiving traditions beyond the meals?
0: Yes.
3: Um, we do a turkey trot the day after Thanksgiving. So I actually have like a runner's arch and the whole family, even the little kids, we do a 5K and um, we go fishing. We do like a softball game. There's
2: a father-son uh, duck, duck hunt we, yeah, the day Yeah, there's before. a father-son son duck hunt. To get That's up cool. Up a, yeah. That's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, all kinds of stuff we do. This year,
3: we're doing a trail ride. Uh, a family trivia game. We have like a whole list. Throw of Throw
2: knives at each other.
3: <laughs> get... We have all kinds of stuff that we do. We do a lot of puzzles. We're a puzzle family. And board game family. We like all that stuff.
1: So. Oh, sounds like a blast. Well, I guess I should ask the real Patreon question today, which is, what is a habit of yours, good or bad, that you've seen your kids pick up on? That's a good question. <laughs> Probably a <smart> ass. <laughs>
3: Absolutely. I'd have to be a smart, smart mouth.
2: <laughs> a smart mouth in line. Getting, uh, I, I know. I figured out when that's going to get me in trouble. Both of them. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. My daughter's the worst.
3: Uh-huh. My son, though,
2: My son, he won't give him me the business because he knows I'll tune his ass up. Axe <laughs> does
3: it. Anyway. T- Axe does it to everybody else. Axe has Marcus's sarcasm down to an art where he doesn't even realize that it is sarcasm. He thinks it's a way of communication. Yeah. And he was doing it. In like pre-K, and I had to explain to the teachers, like that's how his dad is. I can't. There's oh, great. nothing we can yep. do. I never knew so that. his dad. <laughs> I, yeah, I never knew
2: <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff I'm learning. I'm like, oh, uh, That's awesome.
3: Yeah, sarcasm for sure. Yeah, smart mouth. Um, I don't know about my bad habits because they correct me at everything. Literally everything I do
2: wrong, habits, oh, so they sweet. correct
3: me on
2: <laughs> like all of
3: my bad habits.
2: Oh, gosh. How about you, bro? I saw you raise your yeah, eyebrows. What, you got a lot of them?
4: <laughs> no, no, I, I had to think, man. It, it, I, I try not to have bad habits, <laughs> uh, but I would say similar to what you guys said, but uh, smack talking. We we smack talk a lot in our house, and um, sometimes my kids pick that up, and they do it at inappropriate times, so uh, <laughs> I, that's, that's, that's probably it.
2: That's probably the lesson, too, because we do it when our friends roll over, especially. As soon as when my boys come in, it's on. I mean, it's, it's, it's the way we communicate that with movie quotes and everything else in between. So I did, it didn't really cross my mind that that would have been a problem.
3: I know one thing Addie picked up from your mom is the scary movies, like horror films. Yeah,
2: well, they're not scared of anything, though. They are <laughs> now, but they won't be when they get older.
3: I'm like, no, don't pick that up.
2: I'm so afraid to be a parent just because I... You should be. I just think about all those things. <laughs> I'd be afraid to be your kid, too.
1: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> I'd be okay, all right? Okay.
2: I'm glad you said that out loud, because I was thinking it. I was like, I'd be terrified please, to be your damn don't kid. be a dad. dad. Please don't about. be a dad.
3: You're a dog dad.
2: Yeah, dog dad. There
1: goes the smack talking. dogs. Yeah, right? Exactly. Man, we've got a great guest in store today. Chris Cruz served 2002 to 2006 paratrooper in the 82nd Airborne. U.S. military veteran and co-owner. He understands well the value of patriotism. He is the owner of of cruise is it cruise flags cruise customs flags cruise customs flags and uh you guys have got to know his story they're doing a lot for the veterans
2: chris thanks so much for being on today
4: yeah thanks for having me guys
2: yeah brother i'm interested in this one man i like we um uh, we like what you put together and what you're doing so and thanks again for uh, for your service but when we start this off man let's back it up a little bit if uh introduce yourself man to all our listeners and let's let's uh Let's talk about this how we got into it.
4: Yeah, so like 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 the intro said I served 2002 2006 as a paratrooper um from South Mississippi um where around Laurel Hattiesburg, uh down south so uh grew up playing football my whole life and then uh you know moved on joined the military and uh then you know, I worked corporate America for 15 years, and I did this as a passion project. Uh, uh, it, it really just started when my wife wanted something in our home that represented her Kentucky roots in my service. And we had a big wall in the house, and I was like, why don't we just make an American flag out of a bourbon barrel? Because, you know, bourbon represents Kentucky, and, uh, you know the american flag is is a you know our, our banner it it represents military service like like no other cuz we wore it on our sleeve you know going into combat every day so uh ended up making one didn't even know anything about woodworking we had some pretty rudimentary tools in the garage and uh we just kind of, i just kind of figured it out and then when i was out there i found out it was kind of therapeutic like to get out and get away from the yelling and screaming kids and kind of have have my time to to you know reflect and get away from things and I was like, man, this is pretty cool and and Christmas rolled around you know it was about this time time of year uh back in two thousand and sixteen and uh my father and father in law are both veterans, so I was like, you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna uh make them each a flag rather than exchange you know academy or or Lowe's gift cards like we always used to and uh when I was out there, I was like, yeah this this is really therapeutic and and we can help some people with this and then when I saw the reaction on my father and father-in-law's face at Christmas, I was like, "Yeah, th- th- there's something here." Like they, they really, uh, like they. I never had that reaction before from them at Christmas. So uh, we decided to start a business as a passion project out of our garage. I had a full-time job. My wife had a full-time job. We had kids, but I, I, all, I had this vision of being able to to have a shop full of veterans making American flags from bourbon barrels. Bourbon is big in Kentucky. Uh, it's big across the United States now. Yeah, and uh, you know, I, I think, uh, and there's so many metaphors. We always say, "Bourbon barrels once served a good purpose, aging bourbon, and veterans once served a good purpose, serving their country, and we helped them both find their new purpose in, in our shop." So, that's that's kind of how we got started. Them
2: aged together after we get out. You say your your parents were your your both your dad and your father in law are military. Yeah, they and you settled back down in, in Kentucky. Yeah, I, that's where I live now. Yeah. Now. How is, is that your family across the board? I mean, was that like a mandatory thing, or did they push that on you? Because in our family, I mean, they, you go along, all the way back. There's service all through the lineage, but it, w- it wasn't really a mandatory thing. Just kind of understood.
4: Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't mandatory. Um, I, I actually didn't know what I wanted to do in my life in college. Changed my major a few times, and just decided to to join up. Did you play sports or anything growing up? Yeah. Played, played football all the way up to two years of college um, uh, in Mississippi. Yep. Brothers and sisters? A lot. I got uh, four sisters and a brother. Yeah, that's my youngest. Right.
3: Tell us a little bit about your childhood and how you decided to go into the military.
4: Yeah. So my childhood was kind of crazy. Mixed family. Um, never knew my father, uh, my biological father, but um my father that i consider my father he he uh he adopted me at a young age and, and brought me in so i had a had you know step brothers and sisters along the way too but uh football you know you guys are in texas football is is religion down there and oh yeah uh, same way in mississippi and you know there isn't a whole lot to do in south of mississippi so i played football kept me out of trouble uh grew to love it played two years of college uh Went to a little junior college there, Jones County Junior College, and uh, then I, I got told this is kind of part of the never quit story. I got told I wasn't good enough to to play anymore. So I played from third grade to two years of college, and and was told, you know what, you're not you're not good enough anymore. And that kind of that kind of hurt me a little bit. I was like, well, okay, what do I do now? So I said, I'm used to being told what to do, so i yeah. not join the military, and uh, it's the best decision I ever made.
2: I, it's almost as if you hear, though, and we, we were talking about this the other day, if you hear that phrase, like if someone comes up to you and says, you're not good enough to be here doing that, you actually should go through the first part of your life looking to hear that. That's the trigger phrase. Like, just like yeah. please is the magic word. That's the trigger phrase that, uh, phrase that lets you know that you're about to take off in the right direction. Because when people, I hear, I've heard so many people say, man, it's like you ain't supposed to be here. This is not the right thing for you. And they're the ones that are usually sitting out there writing the self-help books and, and motivating people to do great things. It's almost as if your mind is programmed and sits around to hear that one line. And once you do, you just go. So I got to know how the hell you picked the Army, though, and 82nd. Because I was over, and like I said, I was over at the, in Vietnam with you back in, back in the day, so which I had a great time. I wasn't assigned to the Army, but uh, they sent you straight there. Where'd you go to boot camp? Uh,
4: Relax in Jackson, Fort Jackson, yeah, South Carolina. Jackson. Then I did my uh, individual training at Fort Lee, Virginia, and then airborne school. And, and, uh, and uh, sent me over
2: to Bragg. I'll never forget rolling into Bragg that first time, man. I, I was uh, on my way to our medical training. So SEALs, we don't have our own medical pipeline. We have to go over to uh, to see you guys. And they had that sign on the, at the front gate that said, if we can go 80, 82 days without killing somebody, <laughs> well, you get a four-day liberty pass. And they never made it.
5: Yeah. And,
2: uh, and the craziest thing I've ever seen was the mass exit. When you guys mass, mass exit, that uh, out of an airplane, out there oh, on those yeah. DZs, because uh, when we're in the plane, no one likes to move. You don't know, want anything to go wrong. I've never seen anybody so fired up. If you want to know what the inside of a can of whoop-ass looks like, it, watch the 82nd to a mass exit. And I mean, they're pulling on the inside of that, jerking the damn lines off the the, the interior of the cables off the skin of the aircraft. And then when it comes out, imagine a big blue sky, being in the ocean, you know those man-of-war jellyfishes? Well, this is a man-of-war. That's where that comes from. They look like the exact same thing when they're falling from the sky. Big, huge freaking jellyfishes. And you hear people screaming and yelling. It is the craziest. You want to talk about saturating the battlefield. I've never seen that before. I mean, it blotted out the sun. It was, yeah, y'all was yeah. some of the craziest sunbages I ever come across, for sure.
4: Yeah, they'll they'll have about six or seven C seventeens and they'll make one pass, drop some Humvees and stuff out, and then they'll throw us out. And it's yeah, it's crazy. It's it's a good time.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was a hell of a time watching. All right, so how how was that? How many deployments you I
4: only did one deployment. That was enough for me. Yeah. uh we went over in O four, the fall of O four. We we my unit was the one I don't know if you you familiar with uh, FOB Ridgeway? Uh-uh. Uh Near Habanilla, was right. I know where we that's at. Yeah, so we were right across from Habanilla at the old uh, it was old Iraqi Air Force Base. We set All up right, shop check. there. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, we spent some time in Hobby for sure, and I probably yeah, so. blew through there, but um, well, you punched out in '06, right?
4: Yeah, I got out. In, well, really '05. Terminal leave 06, Yeah. Now, when you were in,
2: was this one of those deals where? When you, when it was time for you to rotate out, you had an idea of what you wanted to do or you just kind of like when we, the, came out the same way we went in.
4: Yeah, I I actually my wife now my now wife gave me an ultimatum. <laughs> so I, I didn't have a plan. I moved I was used to being away from home. There wasn't much in Mississippi, so um I moved to Kentucky without a plan. So you so, married while you were in? Uh not married while I was in, but married after, right after I got
2: out. Yeah. That's the same way I did it, too. But I, I never really thought about it like that. But rotating in, you kind of like, man, we didn't have. You, you kind of had an idea of what you wanted to do, but you're not really. It's the military is great for that. Yeah. I remember signing up gives you all, all the opportunity in the world, not only get some skill sets, but to to kind of sit back and and look at what else you want to do. Granted, we got some wars dropped on us, so we were always busy. But a lot of the guys, when they rotate out, they rotate out just like they came in. They're like I don't have any idea. what. we got all those skill sets and everything that they they gave us, man, you just don't have any direction and uh, which way to go. That's the best part yeah, about yeah. having the wives. I was like, they're like the new admirals and generals. I was like, man, just tell us what to do. We, soldiers had to be told what to do. So do SEALs, really. I mean, I, you know, you got to have a plan of attack and, and attack your plan. That was yeah, one of the yeah. difficult things I remember rotating out was that. It's hard to
4: build a resume after you get out of the military because it's hard to translate some of the things we did into to corporate America, if you will. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Writing it down for sure. I, I was talking to some of our buddies, and they were like, man, you know, there's no job description for snipers out there unless you're an actual sniper. And I'm like, yeah, you're right, not for that title. But if you take everything that went into making up that sniper, it the, that absolutely goes into corporate America. Patience, discipline, uh, you know, all that. So attention yeah, to detail. I, I, I did find out, you know, when I when I got
4: a, a, a real job, if you will, it, I found it was easy. <laughs> yeah, right. Found, like, only eight hours a day. That's cool. I can do that. I mean – not sweating, that's cool. I can do that too. <laughs>
2: I try and tell guys that too. And the guys, uh, guys, guys who come out and go back into college, it's just, it's just the work ethic and the discipline. I mean, they, they go in there and just crush college. And the people who get the normal nine to five jobs, we have to go in and do that. It's just boring to them. It's not. It's not that it's hard. It's just. It's just differently, and or different and, and different in a way where it kind of gets boring to us. Because yeah. one cool thing about being in the service man is the day switched up. There wasn't really a normal day.
3: What did you do when you got out?
2: So I ended up getting a job as an
4: environmental health safety person at at Fort Knox here in Kentucky. The uh KBR is who I worked for oh, as yeah. a government contractor. They they ran everything at Fort Knox from issuing uniforms to changing out traffic lights. So worked there a little while and then I, I became a safety professional for, you know, some pretty big companies. Uh did everything that corporate America told you to do. Like moved up the ladder, got the degree, did all 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 the things that that you would consider successful and uh just never was really fulfilled
2: um you know I, so explain, I know, that. explain what missing. that feelings feelings like i mean is it like a i hear people talk about that explain that yeah i mean
4: when you when you serve in the military you, you, you and you don't really realize it as soon as you get out because when you get out you want to just kind of like leave service behind you for a little while and kind of you know move on but later on after you know a few years you're like man i was that was a big deal what we did and, uh, you, you know, and then you do get a regular job and you don't, I mean, whatever you're doing is not near as, as purposeful as what you did in the military. And and you also miss the camaraderie. You miss your boys. You miss your, you know, all the, the banner therapy you give each other and, and all of that. So really missed
2: all that, uh, you know, the last 15 years. So, That's true. It's almost, and they don't tell you that either. When you get out, I mean, when you're getting out of the service, there's – I say for every 10 you're in, it takes two years to kind of detox, right? And then kind of back that down. But it's almost just as soon as you get out, not only do you not want to do anything, you don't want to do anything. I mean, you don't have any responsibilities. You grow your hair out, your beard, flip-flop. I mean, just kind of be that lazy person. And that's a real thing. I remember going through that. But then that it's it's almost as if at the same time you're doing that, you do have to be looking for something else. Usually a hobby, something to keep you occupied. Because we can be lazy, for sure. Mm-hmm. And... Um, But I noticed once that new passion came in, because there was no other, when I was wanting to be in the the military and the SEAL teams, that was my main focus. That's all I I thought about it, I dreamed about it, and all that stuff like that. When I got out, I didn't have that again. And it wasn't that I wasn't bored or anything. I had plenty to do. It's just I wasn't really, I didn't have something to do. I don't know if that makes sense or not, but I were completely focused on that. And so the wife and kids, that that, that takes pressure. But if we focus so much on that, that's all we'll focus on. And you can burn them out on that. So uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's the, the great part about it is having your buddies around and seeing all this, because when something new flies in and it catches your attention, man, you can go after it with a passion I like can't believe.
0: Selling a little or a lot.
4: Yeah, my wife tells me all the time I get tunnel vision. Like I'll get locked into something and, and very much like this business. I'll I'll nothing else matters, you know, for a long time. And I have to get real back in from time to time. You're right. Once we get focused
2: on something, it's it's on. It's bad, right? <laughs> I, I I I I was trying to explain this is like not only do we focus on the position or the part that we're supposed to focus on, we'll focus on something inside of that and we'll get so uh locked onto it that it's that's why we have to have them to pull pull back. My, my chief would say, "You're going to jerk those reins back, man, and get them out of there." Because uh, that's how they are. That's how we were trained. Our generation is different, man. We're, we were just different than everybody else.
3: Marcus will go deep, and I gotta, I'll pull him, pull him back
2: a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't yeah. help it, but like that's the way we are.
3: <laughs> so you ended up turning after you, your work, you ended up turning your your hobby, what you found is your passion, into your business. Tell us about that. What is, what does your business look like now?
4: Yeah, well, <clears throat> that transition was a little um, thrown upon me as well. So a month before Christmas, before COVID, um, I they eliminated my position at work. So I have two young children and no steady job a month before Christmas. So um, luckily I had this as, as a passion project and, and we've grown pretty significantly through the years and, we invested all our money back into it. Like we, you know, we didn't really take any money from the business for three and a half years. We put everything back in. Cause it was, it was something I believe strongly into to, to hire a bunch of guys. So, um, then, you know, COVID hit and I was like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> and, and I had this as a full-time job and, 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 and you know, I was providing for multiple, multiple families and I'm like, Oh, this is crazy. So, um, we we ended up creating a, a flag called the uh, America One Heartbeat because if you guys remember when when COVID kicked off, people weren't buying wooden American flags; they were buying toilet paper and groceries. Yeah. So I was like, "How are we going to survive as a business?" And uh, my wife works in an emergency room, and she's like, "We're going to be working a lot of long hours. We're going to need you know some food, whatever." I said, "Well, why don't we put a, a heartbeat line through one of our flags and?" Give all the profits to your hospital. Like I was thinking, pretty small at the time, and uh, she said, "Sure, we'll do it." So we got on some local news here in Louisville, and uh, then Fox picked us up, and we ended up selling, I think, five thousand flags in a couple of months, and we were able to donate seventy thousand uh, dollars to two different hospitals here uh, locally. Yeah. Not Thanks only not that. only were we able to do that, we were able to hire another guy, buy buy some equipment, and survive as a business. Not not even survive. We were able to thrive after that. In the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of me losing my full-time job,
2: that's really cool. And that's that flag that you had the Q, that you're talking about those QR codes or that PR that sinus rhythm. Yeah, e, e, uh, the, the EKG, EKG sinus yeah. rhythm looking deal. Yeah, that's squared away, man. That's that outside the box thinking.
4: Yeah. yeah, it always comes. It always comes to me in the shower. I don't know why, but it
2: does.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that's when I get my best thinking too. Yeah.
2: <laughs> right, and, it, and most people won't even. I bet if you sat down and asked everybody that and some of the greatest ideas and they just get overlooked, right? As soon as you step out of that. But yeah. it's those little things. Because you're right. When we got hit, man, people were focused on the essentials, the, what they need, not the luxuries.
4: Yeah. yeah. But yeah.
2: something that, that was considered a luxury when, you, when you're looking at it. But when times get, that's, that's how, it's like a double, two-sided coin with you. Like, it's art, but then when times get tough and it, and everyone's in the in the gutter, man, they look to that same thing for motivation.
4: Right. Yeah.
2: And that was the... Well, it,
4: it, it was kind of cool. It was a trifecta. Like, when people were buying, they wanted to do something for these healthcare workers and they didn't know what to do. Like, you know, they, they knew they were going to have it hard. So, we created a product that they could buy for them. Not only were they able to do that, they were supporting a, you know, small veteran-owned business and we were donating back to the medical community financially. So... Uh, there was no, no reason why someone wouldn't want to, to buy one for a healthcare worker. So that's what they were doing. People were giving gifts all over the place. That's we get, really cool. we got multiple, uh, emails saying, Hey, can you tell me who bought this for me? Like so I, how multiple you, surprise gifts.
2: How did you get your, the whiskey barrel? How would, how would that come online? Yeah. And can you just go out and get that? Cause I know y'all got plenty of them. I've been to some of the distilleries. Mm. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty amazing.
4: Yeah, that's probably our number one question. Where do you get your barrels? So believe it or not, the used barrel market is bigger than the new barrel market because bourbon officially can't be used a uh, uh, oak barrel can only be used one time for bourbon. So after that it has to go do something else. So um, what does that mean? Th- that means it they they ship it out to Scotland, Ireland, they you know you have the new beers now that bourbon. they're aging it.
2: What is that? Does it? Eat? I thought that that those casts, you kept them in. It's like a flavor. Is that not how that works? Like you reconstitute that? something.
4: Well, well, they do, but by law it can only be used once for bourbon. Oh. Mm. So then, then it's reused. So part of that reuse of of the the barrel for other things, Scotch, other whiskeys, wines, all that stuff. Um, it's. They, they have a used barrel coopers where they repair it. So if there's a leak or whatever from, from being used and, you know, it's aged or whatever, and it has a crack in it, they repair them. So they, they basically tear the barrels apart. If, if it's a bad leak or whatever, and they use the other parts and pieces to repair some of the other barrels. So they just scavenge to, to kind of, it's like a, a junkyard, if you will, for barrels. So um, the more they can ship out the better. And then, they end up accumulating more parts and pieces than they can use and And that's what we get.
3: So do you have a contact like with one of the distilleries that you get used stuff or through one of those? No, actually just
4: places? two. So there's two used barrel cooperages. So the new barrel makers actually have a used barrel division. So that's part of their supply chain is they, they sell new barrels to the distilleries and then they, they get the old barrels back from the distilleries. To ship out so they're making money both ways oh yeah
2: okay so you're telling me that you can take an old barrel make a new barrel and use it for bourbon again not for bourbon okay they use it for I was to say, that doesn't look look sound right
3: for a different liter. yeah
2: yeah check right to that i gotta yeah
4: so no it only has, it has to be used them to rednecks
2: work. figure out a loophole like that though <laughs> i can't it's, i can't say new... we
4: won't put water in them and use them again but
2: <laughs> wash that sucker out i know right because i mean it's it shreds it out what's the deal yeah. on that why why is that why, why it's bourbon? just part,
4: part of the law. Um, it's for the flavor, too. So you get all the sugars and, and stuff in the bourbon from the, the new um, oak barrel. Um, so that, that's where you get most of your flavor. And, and that's what all the color uh, for bourbon comes from the barrel and, and about 60, 75% of the flavor. So once you use it again, it, oh, yeah. it, it doesn't impart as much sugars and, and flavor into other liquors and stuff.
0: Go to Shopify.com slash Audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Audioboom.
5: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.
3: Which one did you go to in Kentucky? Buffalo
2: Trace. I, I tell you, um, the uh, walking in there when all those barrels are up on the rafters and, and kind of stacked through there, and the smell—just the, uh, the the way that has, history is what it smells like. And you kind of walk in, and it's so unique. And I, I imagine it's. Uh, I was talking to one of the masters stowaways who was working there. And he's like, "Man, it's just a pleasure to come into work every day, just to yeah. kind of see all that and be around that." And it's cool what they what they do down there. Yeah, you never see anybody working for the distilleries, not
4: like their job. They, I mean, All right. business is booming. They're selling whiskey, so
3: it's, <sighs> do they give we're you just a happy to be a, kind of a that? small part of it. Or do, Say they, again? do they give you the scraps, or do you have to pay for that?
4: We pay for them. Um, we've worked out a deal. Actually, the first uh, the Cooperage I'm using today was one of the first ones. Uh, I mean, we really bootstrapped this business from the, from the get. Um, I traded a flag to the, the Cooperage for more barrel staves. Oh, like, wow. It was kind of a, a science fair project when we started this business my wife. And I said, look, we're not gonna put any money in it. We're gonna bootstrap
2: this thing, see if we can make it survive. Yeah. And uh, luckily it has. That's
3: awesome.
2: Man, that's kind of the best way to do it. That's, kinda how, well, that's how we came up in the military. I mean, all the expenses and everything they spend, you spend on yourself. We spend on each other. If you if you look at it, that's all you have. Then you're not going outside of the box that builds itself.
4: You mentoring Absolutely. kids coming out. Um, some we 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 uh, we're working with an organization called USA Cares. They have a transition program. Yeah, and I'm now I'm now the executive director for USA Cares. Oh and yeah, they, so yes. <laughs> oh so, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, a little so, bit, yeah. you know. I'm doing this thing. I, yeah, that's great. I I. The one thing about our guys, when they were, uh, our generation, when we came back, and guys are rotating out. I mean, a lot of us are following the same path. It's so similar. And, and we're lucky, too, to have this technology because it reconnected us. It's just like being on a VTC again. I mean, yeah, we're not in the same AL right now, but I got you and you got me right over here. You need something, I got it. If I need something, you have it. We kind of rotate off of that. And guys following their passions and, and what they do, from, even if it seems obscure, because that's what we are. I mean, our whole community in the military, the way we had to fight in all the wars made us that way. Those outside-the-box yeah. thinkers, man. And, and you know as well as I do, man, that's actually what generates the the pulse, the power, uh, the, the excitement about it. I
4: mean, yeah. Another he, thing is, is the veteran entrepreneurship community is so helpful and so kind of small if you really think about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, Eli Crane with Bottle Breacher, he was one of our yeah. first customers and a great mentor to me. Uh, Dan Allard, Dan Aller with Grunt Style. He gave me 45 minutes of his time, my first, you know, our first year in business and bought a couple of flags. And I mean, just the mentorship and the help along the way is has been tremendous. And um it, it's pretty cool. And now, I'm you know, I'm able to help, you know, other people. People are asking me and I, I'm kind of like, that's kind of weird, but OK.
5: Yeah.
4: <laughs> it wasn't but just a couple of years ago, I was asking for help.
2: Bro, it's like making rank.
3: Yeah.
2: It's terrible sometimes. It's like when you real and, and I don't mean just like normal rank, I mean that positional rank. Like when you yeah. walk in everyone stops laughing. You know, you're not you can't even hear the joke, much less be the joke anymore. That kind of right. deal. But it, and it happens quick. That's how you know that you're successful. You you wouldn't you couldn't possibly know that unless that started happening. Right. And as we were growing too, we we followed the same line. That was kind of the line that was delivered to us too, man. you know, like, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, and we'll steady this thing. And then we also watch not only ourselves but each other. All the guys coming back out, and then, and then the young guys, the young guys rolling in. It's like there's not only are we out there hustling and building this thing up, man. We share it. We we share yeah. the information with each other, and that's that's key, man. That's another thing that's different between us and I. It's 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 such a blessing to see that. Because a lot of guys, yeah. when they come out and they go back home and have any idea what to do, you started this in your area. There's another kid over there. All he'll see is just one part of it and it'll spark something in his head. Because the best part about when we were in the military, man, is when we're off, offline and we're trying to come up with that stuff to fix a problem. And it's not a shortcut, it's just a new way of doing something. Like yeah. when we were at med school, when I was, we were up at Brag, man, like the guys, the tourniquets or any of those dressings or anything that we had to use that was given to us that we could make faster, you know, more expedient, but, but better. Streamline is what we call it. You know, in the civilian world, There's all different names, but I, uh that was one of the things I missed the most. And the best part about doing this now is, 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 is getting back to that. Like, I don't think of, you know, we'll sit around one day and I was like, I got a question about this. how the hell I get this done. I can just call you up
3: <laughs>
2: and vice versa. So it is,
4: it's, it's a, it is, it's, it's very, I mean, we could read all the business books in the world and some of us just don't like to read. Some of us likes to listen to podcasts. Some of us like to pick up the phone and, Uh, you know, no need to reinvent the wheel. So we, we, we all, we're all the time reaching out to people, even in the flag business that are, that are veterans. Like it's, there's, even though we're competitors, we're still helping each other
2: a lot of times. Oh yeah. It's not reinventing the wheel. Just like you said, it's been like, how do I put this wheel on that? How do I get that? It's like, I saw what you built, man, but now check it out. I'm going to try and we're going to do it this way. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought about it like that, but that is a great way of saying that. Absolutely. How many veterans do you employ now? Oh, right now we're pretty thin. Um, we have we
4: have uh, myself, um, my father in law helps, and then we have a, a marine um,
2: that that helps us. Yeah,
4: <laughs> he told me to tell you hello too. He was in the same AO as you in Afghanistan.
2: <clears throat> after oh yeah, you that, guys who, left. That, that's who saves me. Like when I get my ass in a pickle, they're the ones that have to come in and get me. So I have there's a mutually <laughs> exclusive respect I have with the Marine Corps. Always. Yeah, will be he, he was in the Battle of uh, Fallujah. Well, that's um, even worse. I mean, Fallujah, uh, Ho- Hobby had a pretty good one. I mean. Ramadi was a good one. Yeah. Uh, that whole Anbar province was, Anbar, was hopping. Anbar. Dude, man. K-Bar, pry bar, beat the shit out of your bar. <laughs> 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 I mean, bro, it was rough down there. I'll give hats off to those fighters. They were they're tough. So as a veteran,
1: an entrepreneur, uh, all of those things, all kind of all your lessons learned, what is your
4: greatest piece of never-quit advice? Man, um, it, it it's twofold i guess if you will um you know you get in the military they teach you grit never quit that's just part of it, who you are you don't it's not what you do it's who you are it's it's built into you and and then uh, you know the other part of it is is you always want to serve something greater than yourself after you get out of the military and when you have that that never quit attitude and you have that that part that says you want to serve something greater it's pretty amazing you know Generosity breeds success. It's not like selfishness breeds success. So once you're generous and
2: you have that that never quit attitude, you're unstoppable. Yeah. I took this guy to actually talk to me so I could figure out what Team Never Quit was all about. (laughs) I never really got it to that point until you just said that. How about that? And service (laughs) to your fellow man is the rent you pay to live in America. That's plain and simple, bottom line. And the never quit attitude, we are taught to do that. I never really thought about it like that till you said it. And a lot of times when we get out, what we're doing is in the situation, we're not personally quitting, but the situations we are in, it's kind of a quitting mentality. That's when guys start going crazy. Yeah. It's not that you're not quitting, it's just kind of you're sitting around and the moments aren't presenting themselves. And that in itself can drive us crazy. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. When, so when you get out and you start pushing, just, that's, that's the struggle. It's, yeah. It's it just the,
4: took me fifteen years to figure it out. I had to work for corporate America till I till I found my passion. It was kind of crazy.
2: <laughs> well, I've been working this whole time myself too, Paz. <laughs> <laughs> Glad you finally showed up.
1: What would have made the transition easier for you, do you think, from corporate America or even straight out of service to what you're question. doing now?
2: Which one yeah, which way would you go into that?
4: You know, I, I wish someone would have told me that I could have done my I could have done my passion right out of the military or right out of high school without the pressures of college and society telling you, you have to, to climb the corporate ladder. Um, in today's world, you, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dogging college. I'm, I'm kind of enforcing what Mike Rowe with, with dirty jobs talks about. I mean, I got a business degree and all those things. I could have done this straight out of high school. I didn't need, I needed the military for that, that purpose, but I, I think that if I had it all do over again, I would have done my passion and not listen to society. No, yeah, it's the
2: discipline. College gives you the discipline. The military, it's same same thing on how how you pull that out. That's right. If I if I could tell myself once, I was like, when you guys get out, don't worry about it. Don't be in a hurry to worry about damn anything. You made it through the war in the military. You get out, take a deep breath, be a bum on a couch for a week, two months, whatever it is. That's all right. But just know you're gonna have to get back up. Like, that's the want. The minute you get to a point, and you're resting, you're not wanting to get back up, and you've been down too long, and that's what your buddies are for. Their ass is supposed to be motivating you, anyways, because if you're not in there with them, they should be bored. I mean, I, that's, <laughs> that's, how it's, that's how it works. But whatever it is you want to do when you get out, you've already been trained to do it. Don't wait yeah, for I somebody agree. to tell you to do it. Your walking papers were your permission. They gave you that honorable, hey, man, you, This is your, that's your college degree, and it's a, an applied sciences degree, and a combat degree. I mean, I go all day. Just signing up in the generation that we were in, you already learned that. That's why when we, guys get out and they go into college, they just crush it. Or if they start their business, they just crush it. They just need that kick in the ass to go. like that, From a private all the way up, unless you were an admiral or general, man, you got to be told what to do, even if they yeah. say they don't. You know, you just gotta insinuate kind of you, you. know, don't don't come down. like, hey, get your ass in gear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like get moving. And uh, yeah. all all the guys though, they love hearing that. Even when I get my my butt tuned up by the misses or by the boys, but like I, even though I grumble and moan about it, I still needed to hear it. It's easy to forget yeah. that part. That, yeah, absolutely. That, you know, it's, easy, it's, easy, e- it's so easy to it's forget, e- forget that part. Yeah, like, they, we don't, they don't, we don't like to hear the time, it, but, but they love to. Yeah, back, they need so. to hear it. They want to hear it. They love to hear it. So, absolutely.
3: I feel like <laughs> right, right out of the military, a lot of guys that we know, they are so money-hungry. They just want to chase something that will make them super wealthy instead of focusing on their passion that will make them...
2: That's right, because that's, that's the misinformation. They're yeah. worried about that that they shouldn't be. That's what we're trying to tell. Like, hey, don't don't worry about that part. Because of everything that you've already been through, it will show up.
3: Yeah, it'll it, just, it'll just happen, show up. And wealth is different to everybody, but it'll happen... On your own time, if you're doing something you're passionate about and it makes you feel like you've got purpose.
2: Oh yeah, if you go out there trying to hustle in somebody else's paradise, earning that their money, it'll drown you. You'll hate it. You'll you'll keep chasing it more. I need more of it because I don't have that satisfaction that that person has with less. And what that oh, yeah. means is that you were in the you were in the wrong AO.
4: Yeah, and it's it's kind of crazy. Like you, I, I did corporate America, and I had two when my kids were born. I was traveling all the time. I was traveling forty fifty percent of the time. I'm like, I, I should have stayed. Stay in the military. Like, I'm not seeing my kids. And I was doing the very thing that, that I got out not to do. Without the benefits. Without the benefits and without, you know, the, the purpose.
2: <laughs> I, I, we were talking about this, too. One of the things that, that, that you run into when you get out is the stuff that you don't have to worry about when you're in. Medical, dental, and food. Housing. Well, yeah. We don't we have to sold. sweat that at all. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of guys, the pressure they're having is from that. Being in the military is just like being, it's a nuclear family. I mean, we have doctors, lawyers, guys who work in the gym, guys, baseball players. You can, you can rodeo, swim, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Seriously, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's our own little world. It's our own little world.
3: <laughs> and, and
2: not very many people want to be in it because they, it's misunderstood, which is fine. It's, you know, it only takes a handful of us to get this done. But I, I couldn't really appreciate it because no one had ever, one, no one ever told to me like that. And two, until I, I couldn't appreciate it until I got in, I was one of them. I'm like, hey, I got to get in and and experience this for myself. And then when you come out, you're like, wow, that's another reason why I miss it. Because it's like a nuclear family. You could literally be walking down the road and see somebody in a different uniform with a different rank, and they could still dress your ass down, help you out in some way, teach you something, and then send you on your way.
3: Yeah. Marcus got (laughs) razzed the other day by a guy that was... uh, not higher in rank, but he's older and has been married longer. And he's like, boy, I can teach you a thing or two. I've been married 53 years. Oh, yeah. When those silver guys, when, like, <laughs> like, age is rank,
2: right? Age is real rank. So I get my ass tuned up all the time by the elders. <laughs> They're not scared oh, yeah. at me at all. That's awesome. Um, I got that old man's strength, That's it, man. i mess with him. <laughs> Ooh, that old man's strength will whip your ass every time. That's exactly how that line was delivered to me. It's true.
3: <laughs> so yep. how can we help your business? How can we promote? what do you what you've got
4: going on are you on instagram or social media yeah Yeah, we're on all all the social media channels cruise customs flags um you guys can just support us by by getting the word out what we're doing and and you know the business models are very simple for us the more flags we sell the more veterans we hire and that's what i tell people all the time like I have a vision of a shop full of guys getting after it and giving each other shit all day long, yeah that's and like we were cool in. products,
2: yeah, rebuild that on the outside that's what yep. we, that's what we're trying to do, right yeah, that's, that's the best it. way of saying that too, man is re, we miss that so much that we're going to rebuild it in the civilian world,
4: yeah, absolutely. I mean, we can't go back or at least they won't take me back,
2: so yeah, we' are uh, right we're, I mean, they've already <laughs> we're too old for that. And yeah, we miss so, it so much. If it was that good to us, even in the environment that we were in with all the war and all that stuff, it's that was still that good to us that we want to rebuild it on the outside to give back not only to everyone around us, but ourselves.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's, that's, well, that's what I found happy. out, man. I, I lost my job and I was like, I did this to give other veterans a, a, a new purpose, you know, for, from an anxiety PTSD standpoint, standpoint, ended up finding my, my, my new purpose. Yeah. And it was it kind of was like, wow, I had an epiphany moment. Like, I, I, I beat myself up for like a day or two when I lost my job and once again told I wasn't good enough. And then it was, it was game on after that.
2: I can't stress that to you all out there enough. If you hear that sentence, if that phrase comes down on top of you, you're in the right spot. You're about to make a serious change and go in the right direction. That's the trigger. Yep. I've seen that too many times now, and heard it from too many successful people who know it's not a thing.
3: It's basically well, like God saying you're not on the right path. Yeah,
2: Go do yeah.
4: something. What different. you said <laughs> exactly. What you said. My wife was telling me for about a year, and the I think a, a month before I lost my job, we went to church, and the sermon was on Gideon. Yeah, and
2: the,
4: and and the felt and the and the, you know, the do not on the felt, and then the do on the felt, and Gideon needed his sign. I lost my job. My wife's like, that was your sign. Like, I've been trying to
2: tell you.
3: Yeah. Yeah, sometimes it takes that. We think it's a fall, but it's really not. It's a,
2: oh, it's yeah. a boost up. Well, when do you make a transition? It's not when everything's good. Mm-hmm. We don't want to trans- transition out of anything when it's good. We go to when, it's, when it's in the lower level, of slump, like we're in right now. There's a transition going on in this, on, the, on the planet, actually, because everyone's in it. Mm-hmm. That's when you rotate out. And then you build it back up one by one strength, you know, brick by brick. It's stronger that way. You yeah. don't get battle weakened, man. You get battle hardened. You know that. And the people like all of our fellow countrymen now, they're knowing that. To them, COVID was like a deployment.
4: Fair enough. Yeah.
2: Because it locked everybody <laughs> down in their houses together. I mean, if you were going to make everybody a team and, 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 and all of us to think kind of similar, well, how do you do that in the military? Man, you whip our ass. You send us away. You lock us down. That's how we become close. They're doing yeah. this happening to us, and people don't even know it. Because I, I remember before the quarantine, people were like, "Man, if I could sit at home all day, I'd get so much work done. My kids would be great, and everything." <laughs> so what happens? Put a pandemic on it, and they're like, man, I hate my kids. I can't get nothing done. <laughs> the computers are killing me. Like, right? It's like we just don't like to be told what to do. That's it. We just don't like that. That's it.
4: Yeah, I mean, quarantine wasn't bad for us, veterans. We're no, used to it.
2: not yeah. at all. Got more stuff done, learned more about myself, recentered, learned how to slow down, get that pace back. I needed it. I was going, so, like you, I was going so hard in the paint that it, it was, I couldn't see what, I couldn't even see what colors they were. They were, they were melting together. That's how fast I was going. And, uh, well, quarantine, I can see them now, though.
3: Yeah, quarantine recentered our whole family. Yeah. It was really good for us.
2: Absolutely. Well, thanks, brother, man. I thank you for coming on. I more today. (laughs) Thank you for coming
3: on and sharing your story and about your business, and we will definitely help promote that.
1: It was great to have Chris on today's episode. If you guys liked it, let us know what you think. You can leave a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That way, we know how we're doing, what we can do to do better, and I got a challenge for you guys this week. If you listen to the podcast every single week, or if it's even your first time listening to it, make sure to share the episode or the whole show with a friend share it on social media, tell a stranger, whatever it may be, because we can't do the podcast without our listeners like you guys. And that's how we're able to get incredible guests every single week. This show can change lives. I've had so many people write in and tell me how it has, and I would love to be able to have you guys share it with more people. You can subscribe to the podcast anywhere you get your shows. And if you haven't already follow us on social media team neverquit.com slash social. We will see you guys next week.
0: Selling a little or a lot. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom.
5: As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming.